Hey everybody, we have a new sponsor and a special deal for our listeners of Karen Isn't Always Right. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan, or videotapes, audio tapes, or film reels that you need to import, you should check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name, Karen Isn't Always Right, when you order, you're going to get 5% off and a portion of your order is going to help support the podcast, Karen Isn't Always Right. All of those formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All your memories can be stored safely on the cloud or even a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AV Gear Guy has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media and they can accept orders from anywhere in the U.S. Don't forget to mention the name of Karen Isn't Always Right and get 5% off. For more details and to book, visit their website at avgearguy.com. That's avgearguy.com. Hey guys, Christopher here with another episode of Karen Isn't Always Right. This is another special episode with a focus on those of us who work in movie theaters. And today I sit down with one of my best friends ever, Dave, as we talk about how he and I got into movie theaters uh, as our first job ever and uh, how we worked at, I think, six different movie theaters in our in our career and, and just share a lot of stories about it. So uh, I had a blast uh, talking with him and I uh, hope you guys really enjoy this. What up, Dave? How you doing, Chris? Good. How are you? Not bad. Good, good. Very excited about this opportunity you've given me today. Oh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, so do you mind telling everybody how we know each other? Well, uh, you know, in a nutshell, we've been friends since late uh, elementary school. It's, you know, we we met riding bikes, if I remember correctly, and at that point hit it off and decided that forever will we be friends. Yep. I always get Big Spoon, though. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave, very, very good friends for a very long time. And... Uh, we actually got our first real job together, right? We did. That's correct. Yeah. I kind of told this story a little bit a couple episodes ago, but do you want, I'd like to hear from your perspective how that happened. Because my memory sucks, so I'm not sure if I actually told the story accurately, but I'm pretty sure we got it at the exact same time. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and I'm going to be in the same boat here, uh, but I do remember you mentioning that... Uh, you had an interview set up and I think, gosh, weren't we at the mall when yeah. you told me? Yeah. And I decided, Ooh, what an awesome idea. I think I ran over and got an application at, you know, right after you did. And they set us both up, I think, uh, sequentially for interviews, you went in first, I went in second. Yeah. And I think we were hired number four and five at the movie theater. No, I'm kidding. We, <laughs> the movie theater, I think, had been open for 20 years. Yeah, that, but but yeah, it, it was, you know, right after, one after another. It was very. Oh, man, our internet. Son of a bitch. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy how fast it happened. I So you clarified something for me because for some reason I thought when we went to the mall, we just happened to be up there. 
but I forgot, I think I'd already set something up. And then while you, and I asked you to go with me, um, and, uh, and then you were just like, oh yeah, I'll apply too. And then got, a, got an interview set. And so the, the other part of the story that I told the other day was that, uh, I had been so tired of getting rejected for jobs because I was only 15 that I lied. I don't know if you remember that. I I do remember that. Yeah. And you told the truth. And when you came out of the interview, I was like, did you get it? And you're like, yeah. And I'd already found out I got it too. And I was like, well, did you lie like I did? And you're like, no. And I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It, when you're that age, you don't think to coordinate, you know, the stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, if you're going to go in and you have a plan like that, you know, make sure you're all on the same page. No that shit. doesn't come to much later, I guess. Oh, man. And, and uh, one thing I've learned about, about boys that age is they, they just make terrible decisions. You know, until we're about, what, 23 or 24? And even then it's spotty. But 45. until then it's just like poor decision after. Yeah, right, 45. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a dumbass. You know, I just I wanted the job so bad. I don't really know why I wanted a job so bad. I guess I just wanted some spending money or something like that. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was just so desperate for that job. So, and ultimately it worked out well because it turned into a career, but you know, Jesus, Hey, there's a kid. Yeah. There, oh, sorry. Yes, there is a kid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it was the social aspect, man. I really, you know, it was kind of meeting new people and, you know, that didn't go to our school and I really enjoyed the people that I worked with and it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I enjoyed being with those people uh, I, I don't know how you felt, but that that was kind of a new, you know, set of friends that I really, despite it being difficult time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how I remember it too. And that's kind of what got me to stick around so long is, is definitely the people. I mean, I've made some of the best friends, you know, of my life, you know, working at theaters. And, and, and in fact, um, I mean, obviously I've worked at so many different theaters around the country and stuff like that. I mean, uh, sometimes I'll I'll remember a part of my life based on who I knew at the time from a theater that I happened to be working at at that moment. Is kind of how I'll remember. Yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, man. That was that was pretty pretty fun. Yeah. So what what did you like? I mean, we've worked at I think I was I did a count last night. We've worked at I think it's six different theaters, if I recall. So we worked at. The Oak Park Mall, Ward Parkway, South Glen 12, Movies 10, and Tinseltown 20, and Century 16. So six theaters altogether. Century 16 was maybe 10 minutes of working together. <laughs> I think you worked there for like a month. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of different places. It's, it's funny, and I, and I kept coming back to it, and the reason I was – so eager to do that again even you know even with you as my manager at the time right. it was you know I, I had very fond memories of doing doing that the, the only part that I wasn't super thrilled about was you know it was it was a long, long drive I think I had just moved here and and you know my wife was working opposite hours as you know as I was and it was you know it was difficult so it didn't work out there but you know I, I sure did enjoy working I still would love to be able to do that somehow I have dreams about it it's ridiculous really? about working at movie theater and how much I enjoyed it I really do yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. it definitely has its ups and downs for sure but it's been 
a pretty fantastic job over the years. I mean, I might piss and moan about it from time to time, you know, whether it's decisions I don't agree with or, or the challenging aspects of it. I mean, because in today's day and age, I think HR has become one of the more difficult parts of the job. Um, I mean, you, you know, you and I have talked about that a lot, but um, yeah. definitely earlier on as an employee or even an assistant manager, it was a, I, I just remember so many, just so many fond memories of, of working, like, especially at like, I think Oak Park Mall was a lot of fun. Dick, South Glen 12 was a lot of fun. Um, like a couple of the, when we worked in El Paso, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this, man. So now it's never even occurred to me, but as a manager, do you see how uh, some of our former managers, when we were employees, how they used to feel about us? Do you feel that we fit into the same category as the employees? that you oh. have now when we were employees or are we are <laughs> yeah for sure for sure uh it's funny because sometimes i'll look at i'll look at an employee and i'll be like oh that's me you know or you know, <laughs> I, I reflect on it sometimes and i was i think there was a lot of moments i worked really really hard and i would do a very good you know i i, I produced good results but i also goofed off a lot especially when i was really young um and I'll see kids sometimes and, and they're doing stupid shit. And, I'm just, and, you know, as their GM, it's like being a parent sometimes. Like you have to, you have to coach them, you know, and, and hold them accountable and stuff like that. But in your mind, you're just laughing because you're like, oh, my God, I remember doing stupid shit like that when I was their age, you know. Um, and sometimes I'm even like, you need to get better. At it's funny you say that. Fucking off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you say that, you know, because I do feel like, you know, when you put it that way, when, you know, and I know we had, you know, differences with the management, but I do feel like, especially like um, Mr. Jennings, who mm -hmm. passed away, mm -hmm. uh, you know, oh, I think about 10 years ago, I felt like he was a father figure. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, he, I felt more comfortable with him than, and sometimes even my own stepfather, you know, sure. and that's crazy to say, but he was, you know, he was somebody I could talk to. He taught me lessons about growing up. And I, I assume that you probably filled out role for some other kids as well. I have been told that. Yeah, I actually told a story about Jennings the other day um, on the podcast about how one time I was goofing around and I there was a freezer in the back room of the concession stand at Oak Park Mall and it wasn't working or whatever. And so I put this five gallon bucket in there upside down. I was sitting in there just chilling. I have no idea why. I'm just being stupid. And he comes back there and I can hear his voice. You remember he had that really distinctive voice because he kind of had a speech impediment or whatever. And I could hear him back there. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't open this freezer. And then he opens the freezer and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, God damn it. And, but I remember him being so particular about everything. He was very, very organized and, and everything had a home and, and he used to just drive me that shit crazy because I'm just, I'm a 16, 15, 16 year old punk. And I didn't understand what he was trying to do. He's just trying to run a business. And I actually think I got some of my anal retentiveness, anal retentiveness as a GM from Jennings. Um, and I look back on that and I, you know, I'm unfortunate. I never got a chance to tell him, you know, that he had an impact on me. And a lot of the managers had an impact on me. McClellan, you know, he had a huge impact on me. Uh, Matt James, um, McCourt. I don't know if you remember Larry McCourt. Um, 
he had a huge impact. I mean, so many, and I like to, I've been told I've had an impact on my own employees, uh, especially anytime I leave an operation like this last theater I just moved from. Um, yeah, I got all these letters and, and things like that from, from different people kind of talking about, you know, my leadership and stuff. And this isn't for me to just sit here and brag on a podcast. I'm just saying like, it's nice when you yeah. can learn from people as you're coming up through the ranks and turn around and have an impact on others in a positive way too. And that's what I think keeps me yeah. in the job too sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's important. You actually have an impact on kids' life. These guys, for the most part, are not adults that we're working with. Right. Uh, most of the time they're, you know, whatever, 15 to 18 year old kids. And, you know, you play a huge role in their lives. You're, they're what, 20 to 40 hours a week at your movie theater. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, you know, I say this all the time and it's cliche, but it really does take a village to raise kids. And, uh, and I think a lot of, a lot of GMs I know you understand that. And then some GMs I know, or other managers I know, just get pissy about, oh my God, these kids are stupid or whatever. And it's like, well, look, man, we're part of their development. You know, it's, it's teachers, it's parents, and it's, it's managers, you know, all being a part of developing these kids to become productive members of society and, and mature adults and things like that. And, and it's amazing how the tiniest things can have a very large impact on, on who they're becoming you know, things you don't even think about. And a lot of times, like I work in some of these theaters where there's a lot of people, like my last theater, I mean, we had upwards of 110, 115 employees, another 18 to 20 managers. And it's very difficult to remember everybody's name sometimes because there's turnover. It's like every time mm -hmm. I turn around, there's some new yep. kid and it's like, ah, oh, shit, have I met you? <laughs> like, what's your name? Um, but I still have to be, even if I can't always remember who somebody is until they've worked there for a little bit, I try to be very, very mindful about how I treat them, how I lead them. Um, I, you know, I'm not a yeller. I, you know, even when I'm really pissed, I, I can count on two fingers, I think, in my entire career when I've yelled at anybody um, that worked for me. And those are extreme examples, you know. And so yeah. I agree, man. I think it's, you know, being a manager. I mean, you're a manager now, right? Uh, you're at least in kind of a leadership position, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, no, I'm a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have you have an impact on adults, which can still go a long ways. I mean, obviously, teenagers is it's they're still sponges and they're still malleable, you know. But I think at every level, you can have an impact on people. So, yeah, and that that kind of goes, you know, and we're we're going through the hiring process and. One of the hardest things that, that I've had to try to figure out is how to hire the right people, how to find the, the drive. And you have that extra difficult position of trying to do the same thing with kids that are developed through other managers. So I don't know how you do that at all, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's challenging because sometimes I think it's easier in teenagers. Like a lot of times I would rather have a young 15, 16, 17 year old that's never had a job before and has no preconceived ideas as to how things are supposed to work and you can shape them yourself. Sometimes when they're young like that and they've had a, a jo another job or two, um, you know, they've already developed some bad habits and things like that and that can be difficult. But I think the biggest thing that I look for as a, as a general manager, I, I look for attitude um, in that kind of job. Like your job is a skill job. You know, my job, you know, the people I'm hiring 
I'm not looking for skilled labor or anything like that. Managers are a little bit different and that's a bit tougher, but the employee, the staffing side, you know, you're just looking for, you hire for attitude and you train for skill. And so if somebody can have a good attitude and you have the ability as a manager to be able to read through the bullshit, because we all know, you know, how, you know, people can fake through an interview. And so you have to be able to read between the lines and you've got to be able to read body language and all that shit. Like, I'll be honest, like if I'm interviewing an employee, a potential employee, the, the t- from the time the interview, like I go out to meet them, shake their hand, introduce myself. That's when the interview starts, you know, and it's that walk from when you go out to introduce yourself to wherever you're, you're holding the interview you know, it could be down the hall or whatever. That whole process is the interview. And a lot of people, a lot of kids don't realize that. And I'm, I'm talking to them. It's, it's, they're not interview questions. I'm just like, Hey, how was your day? What'd you do today? What are you doing? And I'm, I'm looking for how do they carry themselves? What kind of, you know, do they smile? Do they walk with confidence? Do they, you know, do they sit around doing nothing or do they, are they trying to be productive? You know, all these different kinds of things play in before you even ask the first real interview question. And that's how I try to identify talent, you know, at that level. Cause like you said, it's, I love that. Yeah, yeah dude. And that I'm can stealing that. I love Yeah, that. I was going to say that can transition, translate into, into any level really, you know, and I think, you know, there's probably some people out there that already know this kind of shit, but it's definitely, definitely helpful. And I try to be mindful of that, you know, whenever I'm, in any kind of interview, it's like, you know, it starts, it starts from the phone call. It starts from when you apply. Like even when I'm looking at applications, it's like, bro, can you spell? Did you take the time to look it over? Do you have some semblance of attention to detail? You know, when you answer the phone, like sometimes people, you know, people don't answer the phone if they don't know who's calling. So a lot of times it goes to voicemails. So what does their voicemail tell you about them? You know, goes, Chris, leave it. It's like, yeah, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I don't know. I like it, man. Yeah. So can you think of any, uh, any fun stories that, uh, that you can recall from, from our younger days of working in movie theaters that, that just kind of, you look back on fondly and. Oh, there's so many. There's a lot of them start with uh, taking out the trash, I believe. Uh, that's where we got into the most trouble when we were outside. Uh, you know, that, that was part of the job. We would clean up the theaters and, and fill up the trash cans. And then we usually had a half hour to an hour between rounds. I think we had, what, six movies there. Yeah, yeah. Take out the trash, do all the stuff. But there was, a, you know, that gave us some free time to kind of goof off. And this didn't count if you're in the concession stand, right? Because you're always restocking in between. But right. those were good times. We'd be social and we'd, when we'd uh, hang out and, you know, maybe do things that were, you know, not legal at the time that may be legal now. Um, <clears throat> but, but uh, you know what, you know what, you know, what pops into my head, there was one time uh, where you came in and you said to me, Dave, something happened to your car you needed to borrow my car key <laughs> I remember that. and yeah and I, I was like okay you know and that you brought it back to me like you know a good friend does and made sure everything was good um but I remember about a month later uh maybe that maybe longer but I went out to my car and it was in a very odd spot I was like I do not remember parking my car here <clears throat> And your practical joke was you took my car key, made a copy of it, and decided to 
like I think you put it way the hell out as far as it would go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, what the hell is going? It's very similar to what one guy at my work was doing. John, he was pushing the desk in one inch every day. <laughs> and I remember coming in one day going, this is really tight. I don't remember it being like this. So you, you sneaky guys with your ridiculous <laughs> ideas, you know. I still practical remember jokes. that, man. Because I think Dempsey helped me out with that. But yeah, we just, I think it was him. We just had this crazy idea of like, let's fuck with Dave. And, and you didn't even hesitate because this was back when I had, I think it was my Mustang, maybe my Bronco, whichever. But yeah, you know, something was breaking down. So it wasn't unusual for me to need help. And you didn't even hesitate to give me your key. And so, yeah, we just made the key. And I remember like we moved, yeah, it was probably a month later. We moved it way out of the parking lot. So it must have taken you forever to find it unless you were closing. You just saw it way out there. But um, but I remember, too, we, like, messed up a bunch of the stuff in your car, like, mess, you know, just put shit all over your car. And then le- I'm pretty sure we left, like, fake directions or something in there, like, on a note or something like that. At least I, I feel like I did that. And then I remember being at Dempsey's, and, he, you know, we had a bunch of people over, so we were partying and stuff like that. And that's when I, like told you in front of everybody what was happening and I think at the time I don't think you were real thrilled <laughs> I think you were mildly irritated <laughs> with me because you're like you motherfucker <laughs> but I thought it was fucking hilarious so I still tell that yes story. it was <laughs> yeah I, I I didn't know how to uh, handle uh humor at that point you know like I said you know we're, we're boys we're uh, we think we know everything so <laughs> yeah it's funny you mentioned the trash thing too, because I was actually on the phone with Tom uh, Dempsey the other day, and we were talking about working in theaters and, and re- just reminiscing and stuff. And he was t- he mentioned that was the first thing he went to as well as taking out the trash. He's like, that's what that was like the fun thing to do, and that's crazy when you think about it. It's like, so what's the funnest part you remember about working at your job? Uh, taking out the trash. It's like what? <laughs> but yeah, we would all just dick around. You stand there for twenty minutes, you know, smoking or whatever, and. Then your managers have to come out there. What the hell are y'all doing? Get back inside. Oh, yeah, we were just finishing up. Tom Packer got jammed. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. So. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, well, like, that, it's like I, that I, a lot of Dickinson, too, at South Glen. Um, a lot of just standing around, man. I was telling about how South Glen just massively overstaffed all the time. So we'd have like 10 ushers to do nothing, you know, and so we'd just be standing around. Or if we were projectionists, you know, it was two projectionists for a 12 screen theater. I mean, it was so much gin rummy and Yahtzee and eventually they took away our games. So we, I remember Ted and I would play hangman. That's how bad it was playing hangman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, we were the same way. I remember the, the movie theater. Uh, God, what was the second Ward Parkway? Yeah. And it was, oh, this is a 20 plex if I remember correctly, but we, we would, you know, we would God, we'd play like sports upstairs 12. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, we would, you know, it was two or three of us and we'd play, I don't remember what we would do, but we'd run up and down those. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing to do between starting yeah. movies, you know? Yeah. So yeah, good times, man. Yeah. Parkway went from a 12 to a 22 uh, back to a 14. So kind of weird. Um, I remember. They're still open, do you know? Yeah, they are. Actually, a friend of mine uh, on my second stint with AMC, a, a good friend of mine, was running it for a little while, uh, and they re- they remodeled it, and it has all recliners and stuff like that. It's a it's a nice theater, so. 
Hey there, sorry to interrupt, and I'm sure you're like, what the fuck, man, I was listening to that. I know it sucks when this happens, but while I have your attention, I have a quick favor to ask. As I'm not Joe Rogan with millions of listeners and a metric shit ton of sponsors, I really could use your help. Karen isn't always right, would be very, very grateful for your support. If you could go to anchor.fm forward slash Chris dash Fry, F-R-E-Y, forward slash support and support this podcast by donating either 99 cents 4.99 or 9.99 a month i'd be so appreciative i love doing this podcast but there are some nominal costs to it and any help helps all right go back to listening i remember telling a story about you i was super jealous of you when we first started working in theaters because you know we both started in the concession stand and you had this knack for always looking busy and never getting caught fucking around. And so you got promoted out of the concession stand to be an usher really, really quickly. And then you became a projectionist really, really quickly. And my whole goal was I wanted to be a projectionist so bad, but I just dicked around too much. And so I just remember, and I remember specifically one day I was stuck in the concession stand and like you were dicking around and then a man, we saw a manager come out of the office and all of a sudden you're like wiping down pictures and stuff on the walls. And it's like, you motherfucker, you were doing shit five minutes ago. You piece of shit. You know, I was so mad, so jealous, but I didn't know how to play the game. You knew how to play it. Yeah, I do know that. I assume that was because of my stepdad, the master of not getting caught doing ridiculous things, man. I, I give him credit for that. <laughs> oh, man. So jealous. I was so jealous of the guys that had the key to one of those, to, to the three doors in that hallway, you know? It was just something I, I don't know why it was such a big deal to me, but, you know, I don't well, know. I, I wanted it really bad, too. I just, but I think, I think it was all, you know, Hey, I didn't want to do the concession stand anymore. I wanted to do something that like, as you call it skilled, I, I was like, Oh, that is so cool. But the, so they gave me this book to study and I studied it all and, and, you know, begged Alex to show me all this stuff and he did. And, and, you know, I, it, it worked out well, man. That was very, very exciting. And, and I still to this day, I think that's a really neat, thing all the compo they send you you know mp4s via the internet now yeah. which is which is awesome that's great it's different what do you guys do so that so so at night on thursdays we used to to make sure that all the pieces of the movies were put together in order mm -hmm. and not upside down which they commonly were yeah. <laughs> but what do you guys do now do you guys just do you have to watch it to make sure it's a good quality film on thursday nights to make sure they're good or what yeah man there's not really a whole lot anymore that you have to do i mean we'll do quality checks especially on big movies um but the odds that anything are wrong anymore is very slim. Um, I mean, you know, it's all sent to you digital. It's all sent over the over the airwaves, you know. And and really, anymore, you've just you've got somebody called a TTA, theater technology assistant, and every Wednesday now they build the playlist, you know, on the on the server, and they just they throw everything in there. And I mean, it's just a template, and they just slide shit over into this template, and then push it out to all the different projectors and you're good to go. I mean, it's really, so you don't have a guy push the button anymore or anything. No, everything is linked to the POS to the point of sale system. And so once you create your show schedule, your performance schedule, put that in the computer and publish it. And then your TTA builds the playlist and links it, then everything is good. And then projectors know what the schedule is. And so it knows it, it, everything is automated. Yeah, I mean, you can switch things over to manual. You can do. So there's everything. no discrepancy between what. 
So, so like there's no discrepancy between what, what the newspapers or whatever your your internet says and what is on the exactly. actual projectors themselves. Yeah. That's crazy, and, dude. And so we don't even advertise the newspapers anymore because we switch things around. Because we can change things on the fly now because of digital. You know, so if, if a movie's doing really well, if you want to put it in a bigger auditorium, it's very, very easy to change. Or if you want to add shows, it's very, very easy to add and delete shows and things like that. And then the internet web show times, at least with the company website, are linked directly to our POS system as well. And so it's all connected. So when you change something in your POS, the internet will update automatically, your projectors update automatically. The only thing that sucks is like your third-party websites like Adam or Fandango, those, those websites, they take a little bit longer to update sometimes and they can get things wrong from time to time. And then you get, you get your customers that get really bent out of shape because it's like, well, Fandango said this. And it's like, well, I get it. I understand the frustration, but that's, we're not Fandango. Like, I don't know what to tell you about that. You know, you can contact them with your frustration and I would encourage you to do that because I have no control over what they do. I have control over going to our company's website. You know, and I would encourage you to go to our company's website if you really want accurate stuff. And then the other cool thing is like back in the day with 35 millimeter, you know, when shit went wrong, it's, it's mechanical, you know? So if you've got some duct tape and rubber bands, you could probably fix it, you know? Um, but there was yep. no one to help you really. Like no one, <laughs> you're figuring this shit out. You better, you better know your shit because if you don't and there's nobody else around that does, you're kind of screwed. Whereas nowadays, it's all digital. I mean, they're all just big fucking computers, man. And so if something goes wrong, every projector has a phone. And you just pick it up, and that's the hotline directly to your IT center. And so you pick it up, and they're like, hey. And you're like, hey. And they know what theater you're calling from, what projector you're calling from, and they can log right in, and they can run a, they can run a log of like whatever's going on with the projector. They can help you. They can walk you through everything. Yeah, it's super handy. So that even your your that's insane. Your most minimally trained manager can get a movie back up on screen if something goes wrong. So unless a bulb goes out, like you know, the ideal situation is all your managers know how to change a xenon bulb. But the fact of the matter is, uh -huh. it's very unrealistic to be able to expect that in some of these bigger theaters where there's tons and tons of managers. You know, you could probably train everybody on how to do it, but the odds that they're going to be able to do it very often. It's super slim, you know, and so if a bulb goes out, huh. you know, that could be challenging sometimes. But, you know, now we're moving towards di uh, digital or sorry, laser projectors. And that takes away even having to do bulb changes anymore. So it's a new world, man. Yeah, I'm a little surprised that they still use bulbs like that. That's crazy, man. Well, the laser projection uh, is pretty new, rel relatively new. I mean, in the past several years, and I think we're, I want to say we're on our second, maybe third generation of laser projectors. And, you know, before all this coronavirus shit uh, started, the, the plan was to start rolling out laser projectors in all of my company's theaters. But that, that may be stalled out now. Probably get pushed back. We're just yeah. trying to stay alive right now, you know. So it's pretty scary for our th for the theater. And I mean, that's why I'm doing this whole thing. We talked before the episode started about, you know, it's just a very scary time for movie theaters in general because, you know, I mean, all the major, I mean, every single movie theater in America is shut down right now. And tons and tons and tons of people have been laid off. I mean, there's some companies that may not make it. Um, I, I feel pretty optimistic that the company I'm with will make it, but we've laid off every single um, hourly employee in the field. and and, and all, only GMs are left in the field 
Um, and, you know, even that could be shaky. It's, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last or whatever. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of big companies that even they could, they could go under. So it's very, very scary. And so part of the purpose of doing this was to, in hopes that, you know, bringing people on that have worked in movie theaters that really loved working in movie theaters to share their passion for why they loved it. And I know you're not working in theaters anymore. You just sat there and said, you'd love to do it again, you know? And um, my hope is really this can reach people out there that have some influence and have some connections and, and want to help because, you know, for years people have been saying, Oh, movie theaters are dying. Movie theaters are dying. And it's like, well, I don't know. I don't know that I would, I would agree with that. Maybe attendance has been a little flat, but I wouldn't say they've been dying. But now that people have been cooped up in, in their house for however long each city, state, county, whatever has been on a lockdown, how much do you want to bet that as soon as we're able to walk out that front door and go do shit again, how many people are going to go see a fucking movie in a movie theater, you know, and hope to God that movie theaters exist. That's a lack of foresight that, that even before the COVID that they thought that movie theaters were dying. That doesn't make any sense at all. I understand that they may not be what they were, let's say in the, you know, seventies and eighties and even nineties for that matter, but there's still something completely different about going to a movie theater than staying at home. I enjoy watching my movies at home, mm -hmm. but going to a movie theater and now, especially since Alamo and everyone's kind of picked up the, the you know, the, you know, dinner in the movie and alcohol in the movie, right. that is a whole experience, man. And it, you know, although expensive, you know, <laughs> it, but it's, it's an experience, right? It's, yeah. it's fun to do. The kids love it. They, they enjoy it. So to, to sit there and say that, uh, that it's a dying industry is, is, is incorrect. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. And you say expensive, but it's all relative, you know? So yeah, expensive, but relative to going to an NFL football game or going to, you know, even mm -hmm. live theater and then dinner after or something like that. It's really, it's fairly reasonable. I mean, look, everybody has said buying concessions at a movie theater is insane you know, it's, it blows my mind sometimes because I'll still get complaints, you know, it's just ridiculous how much you charge for popcorn. It's like, have you been to a movie in 40 years? I mean, it's always been expensive. Like, that's how movie theaters are making their yeah. money, you know. Um, right, and exactly. So, but relative to some other entertainment uh, options, it's it's reasonable, you know, so... I don't know. Well, but. I mean, even, however you put it, the, the, the economics drives the price, right? If you didn't yeah. buy it, then it wouldn't be so expensive. That's just how it is. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very basic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, my hope is that, uh, you know, we're going to come through this and, and possibly be even stronger. You know, we're all hoping that this will be over with and, and hopefully no more than two months. And then we're going to end up having a, a really, really strong second half of the year because the studios are going to be like, shit, we need to release all of our movies in the second half. You know, typically like August and September are some of the slowest months of the year. And I'm hoping to have an August or September that looks more like a December, you know, when it comes to comes time to reopen doors. So, yeah. I would expect that, man. There's people, I, I am chomping at the bit to go do something, you know, like movie theaters, eat out, whatever, man. I just, that's the one, you know, I can go out and I can ride my bike, I can hike and all that stuff, but there's something about going, these experiences that I'm definitely missing those experiences, which is sad. Yeah, I miss it too. <laughs> you know, I just uh, transferred over to this new <laughs> building and uh, you know, I worked there for, I think I spent all of four days there before all this, this crazy shit happened. And then I, I can't go back for 
another week or so, you know, because we thought we might be sick, but I, I think we're, we're fine. Um, but I still can't go back. But man, once I go back, you know, this is, it's my, that the building I'm going to is exactly like the building we used to work at in El Paso. And that's a big, big, big building. And being alone mm -hmm. in those kinds of buildings, like you're bouncing off the walls, like I don't even know what to do with myself. And it's so surreal, you know, being in this large movie theater in the middle of the day with no one there. You know, it's just insane. You look out in the parking lot, it's completely empty. And it's just so, I mean, all of this is super weird. It's very surreal. feels it like, is. you know, um, so, but you know, hopefully this turns around pretty, pretty quickly and, and we'll be back on top again, but yeah. Yeah. We were, we were just talking about that too, the, the, how, how just strange everything feels, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I know we were probably supposed to talk about, you know, how wonderful working at a movie theater was, <laughs> right? That was the point. Yeah. <laughs> We've de I've derailed you probably three or four times. I apologize, but oh, no, you know man, what? One of the other great things. Yeah. One of the other great memories I have, and, and I think we spoke about it recently too, but remember that first paycheck, you know, we had, I think we worked at the movie theater for three weeks before we got that first paycheck. And, you know, we finished our shift, you and I got our paycheck and, and, we and I think we went to the bank, cashed it, went to Best Buy, Best Buy I and I went and grabbed that yeah, the Walkman, and then I had a CD with the Pesh mode. mode. That was yep. so amazing. And we sang it all the way back to your house. <laughs> all I ever wanted, all I ever needed. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I still remember you got this disc man, yeah, and sang that all the way back. Yeah. It's crazy how we can remember. I, dude, I can't fucking remember what I ate two days ago. I can't, you know what I mean? But I can remember little snippets just like that. And it's not only can I, but we have that shared memory, you know, it's just crazy. You know, that's 30 years later, something like that, 29 years later that we can still remember, you know, something crazy like that. Yeah. I, it yeah, I, crazy, I, and I didn't, I did not do well with my money. I remember my dad was very strict. You, I mean, you know, John, uh, and he, mm -hmm. I basically had to give him my money and then he would and then he would like dole it out to me if he felt like I needed money or whatever and so that was horrible money management on my part because as soon as I got a taste of any money I spent it yeah. like immediately you know and I would try to go to the bank and just cash my checks but because I didn't have an account with a bank they wouldn't cash it and I used to get so frustrated because I just wanted to buy a video game or a CD or something for crying out loud you know but I also another fond memory I have um, I think it was the first summer that we were working at Oak Park Mall was we wanted hours man like we wanted to work and we were trying to get as many hours we would just go up there because you lived right across the, the field from the mall. And so we would just walk over there all the time and just show up and be like, hey, can we work? And they'd be like, some days they'd, they'd let us, they'd give us shit to do. And then some days they'd be like, no. And so we would just watch movies. And I think I remember watching Total Recall like 10 times yes. this summer. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Um, I remember watching Terminator 2 at the theater in the parking lot, Oak Park Plaza, the snobby theater. I don't know if you remember that. So it was like Oak Park Mall versus Oak Park Plaza. And uh, I remember screening Terminator 2 over there and it, it broke. So like right at the end when they're lowering, spoiler alert people, if you've never seen this movie, uh, they're lowering him into the, the 
molten steel or whatever. And then the mood, like you're like, he's looking up and it's a very emotional moment. And then it goes, and the projector goes down and there's like 50 employees in there. And we all acted like fucking customers pissed off. Like put it back on, put it back on. And I'm pretty sure Alex was probably the projectionist and he's probably up there going, fuck all of you. <laughs> so yeah, good, good times. There. I do remember that. And I forgot. Yeah, I forgot about we used to go up there to try to find work and sit in the movie theaters. I, I totally forgot yeah. about that, man. That's yeah, so we funny. We pop in all the time. And if it couldn't work, we watched a movie, you know? And those were, remember the days when my dad wouldn't let me hang out at the mall either. Do you remember that? <laughs> you said you were just working? Yeah. And uh, we, I remember being so scared. I remember uh, in your room at your, your parents' house, and there was like me, you, Sean, Andrew, Tom, maybe, I don't know, a bunch of us. And, and everybody's like, what do you want to do? And, and somebody's like, let's go to the mall. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. And everybody's like, fuck that. Like, let's just go to the mall. No, 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 no. My dad's going to be pissed. Your dad's not going to know. No, my dad knows things. Uh, he does. He does know things. And I don't think my dad listens to this podcast, but if he does, sorry, dad. We were at the mall all the time. <laughs> he came up one time and I was cleaning drains in the concession stand, which is for anybody who's never cleaned drains in a concession stand, especially if they haven't ever been cleaned, it's pretty nasty work. <laughs> sludge i remember they were so bad literal corn stalks were growing out of these drains and i'm like just just in you know elbow deep and nastiness and then i remember feeling all i could describe as a presence above me and i i, I kind of stand up i look up and there's my dad standing there sort of looking over the counter and i look up at him and i'm like what are you doing here and he's like oh just wanted to make sure you're here working I'm like covered in sludge and I'm like sitting here in my brain like fuck you man like yeah I'm working I'm cleaning drains bitch I don't call my dad a bitch <laughs> don't ever do that no 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 so but yeah good yeah good dude, I remember one time with the managers uh and this is I hope this isn't too inappropriate but <clears throat> somebody had obviously used the restroom and and had uh, produced only what I could describe as a very large cheese log. To this day, I'm not sure that what was in the toilet was not actually somebody buying a cheese log and dropping it in there. Uh, but but they did uh, they did produce this and it was such a hit with all the managers they decided to take a Polaroid picture of it the same polaroid they used to take pictures of the employees uh, and and they had that in their office for you know a good couple of months that's awesome. it was that impressive yeah so i apologize if you need to edit this out that's no, cool no, no. man we, but, we can uh, talk about any inappropriate things you want i uh, i had to clean a, a turd out of a urinal once and so that begs the question why a urinal and wouldn't it would have been worth it them doing it just so I could have walked in to catch them doing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just, to see, yes, obviously. just to see the look on their face as, as they're taking a <laughs> steaming dump into a urinal and be like, what are, what are you doing? Man? <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, 
just like five feet in front of you, dude. I know. Uh, maybe, maybe all the stalls were full. I don't know. But that still takes some sack. If everybody's in a stall, you don't know when somebody's going to walk out. Probably some stupid teenager, but I mean, the amount of crazy ass oh shit I found in movie theaters or bathrooms or things like that, you know, it's just, it blows your mind. I mean, I've walked down and yeah, I mean, quite a few sexual acts, you know, in my career. Have you really? Oh my God, yeah. I walked in on, this was, this was at a theater in Fort Collins, like back in probably 2004. And uh, this lady comes out of Big Mama's house too. And uh, she's pissed. She comes out, are you a manager? Yeah, I'm a manager. How can I help you? There's two children in there doing some sort of sexual act. And I have my children with me. And I was like, oh, good Lord. I was like, I'll take care of it, ma'am. I walk in. These kids aren't in the back row. These kids are in the like, not the front row, but the front row of the back section. So like the good row, you know? So like right when you walk in, they're like, bam, right there. And the girl is going down on this kid. And they're maybe 14. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you know, <laughs> not old enough to get a room clearly, but you know, too young to be doing that. And, uh, and I had a flashlight on me, so I'm like, and I shine the flashlight. Girl comes up out of his lap, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. And, uh, and I was like, y'all got to go. And so they, you know, they get up, he zips up, all that. I mean, it was so graphic. And the people in the audience start cheering as I'm kicking them out. And then the guy, as he's like, as they're walking past me, the guy's like, yo, man, you know what time it is? And I was like, time for you to go? I don't know, man. You gotta get the fuck out of my theater. Like, you can't be here. There's children here, for crying out loud. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. The I mean, world. I guess that does make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a good time to yeah. ask for what time it is, but anyway. <laughs> One of my old managers at a theater, assistant managers, he walked in. Uh, it was a late show, and there was a couple in there, buck naked, going at it, and there was an empty auditorium, so they didn't expect anybody to walk in, I guess. And he's just like, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Get dressed, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy. So, I'm trying to think. I don't think I ever ran into anything like that in all my years working at the movie theater. But I, you know, lucky, I guess. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, lots of lots of hand jobs, stuff like that. I remember hearing a story about a theater out in the Kansas in the Kansas City area. I'm not gonna pick on the theater itself, but. Uh, I remember my cousin telling me a story about this theater where it was widely known that the girls from the high school would buy tickets and go and go into the back row of the theater, and then guys could go buy tickets. They would go into the same movie and they would service them, so to speak. That's some crazy shit, man. Yeah, I miss those uh, days. The, <laughs> you know, apparently I I was in a different category of high school kids. Clearly went to the wrong school, man. I don't know. Yeah, that's just, that's insane. Yeah. So a lot of, cra I mean, now, just, now they have Tinder for that. Right, right, right. A lot of just crazy stuff, man, can happen in theaters. You know, I mean, I, of all of the theaters I've worked at over so many years and knowing so many people, I have run across so many people who are like, we could write books about this. I'm surprised more movies haven't been made about working in movie theaters and just some of the dumb shit that happens, you know? Because it's just insane. I mean, that's kind of where this podcast came from. You know, the it was me sitting around with some managers in my office all talking about, like, we should do a podcast about the crazy shit that happens in movie theaters. And then I just kind of 
I, I, you know, I don't know that I was going to do a podcast with people that work for me. And so then I just kind of ran with that idea and turned it into more of a customer service oriented podcast. And now with all this COVID stuff, I'm just kind of pivoting from that a little bit. So, you know, I just think it's cool to hear people's stories and share that. So, well, gosh, you know, they, you know, what was that movie shenanigans where they were the TGA Friday experience? We need to do something like that. Similar. Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that movie's hilarious. I'll use clips yeah. of that in like orientations and stuff just to get a laugh out of out of employees, you know, because just <laughs> the game that they play and stuff like that. You know, that game they play in that movie, that's very similar to like some of the crazy <laughs> shit that can happen in movie theaters sometimes, you know? So did you freeze on me? I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, hey, man, we uh, we we did about an hour of this. This is a lot of fun. So, I think we can wrap it up. Thanks. All right, friend. Well, it was good to talk to you, man. Yeah. Likewise, I'm really glad we got a chance to do this. And uh, if you ever want to come on again and share some more stories, or if you if you know anybody in the theaters that you think would want to, that'd be great. Share this out with some people, man. Cool. Wonderful. All right, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. See you, buddy. That's the podcast, folks. If you're a fan of Karen Isn't Always Right, you can show your support in two ways. First, please share with your friends and get them listening. Also, please feel free to donate by going to anchor.fm forward slash Chris dash Fry, that's F-R-E-Y, forward slash support. Please visit kairpodcast.com, K-I-A-R podcast.com, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. New episodes are posted weekly on kairpodcast.com, anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, and pretty much wherever you can listen to a podcast. The views and opinions on this podcast are solely that of the guest and the host and are not representative of any organizations or individuals. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bam 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 b